This is episode number 28, and it starts right now. You have a right to stand on the Word of God, to declare His promises, to confess the Word of God over your life. Right around verse 10, it says, No plague shall come near my dwelling. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Duke Lamastra. Welcome to the Simple Power Podcast. I'm so, so honored to be able to share with you this week. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you haven't already subscribed, if you get anything out of today's episode, consider subscribing. It would mean a lot to me and that way you'll always get notified as soon as new episodes become available. So this channel is all about one of the things that I am most passionate about in life, which is helping you to experience the presence of God the power of God working and operating in your life in practical ways, in ongoing ways, in increasing ways. And it's really not difficult. It's not overly complicated. When we begin to understand the finality and the completeness of what Jesus did for us, when he gave his life in our place, when he hung on that cross, he took your sin, he took my sin, he took the sins of the world, He came and completed the assignment that the Father had sent him to do. He came and he did it all. He hung on that cross and he declared right before he breathed his last last breath, it is finished. And I know that I've talked about that statement before, but it's such a, a profound thing when we really understand that Jesus accomplished everything, that in his death, his burial, his resurrection, through the sacrifice that he made for us, through his blood that he shed on the cross, becoming the final sacrifice once and for all time, that he really accomplished everything necessary to bring us. The Bible says that we're brought near to God by the blood of Christ. You'll find that in Ephesians chapter 2, that we're brought near by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ has ushered us into the presence of God. We get to stand before our Heavenly Father, a holy and perfect and blameless God, a just God, and the only way that you can do that or I can do that is through the blood of Jesus. Because he was obedient in our place, we get to stand in the reality of his finished work, that we have actually received his righteousness. We have become the righteousness of God because of what Jesus did for us. You don't stand in your righteousness. I don't stand in my righteousness because let me tell you what my righteousness is worth. Zero, (laughs) nothing. But the righteousness of God is everything. He's so good. He's so perfect. Through Jesus, we have access and it's constant access. It's immediate access because he's made a new covenant with us in his blood. And that's what I want to talk about today. Right now, today, we are still in the midst of this coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic. It seems when we look around, it seems to be getting worse here in America. It seems like, you know, there's obviously, if you watch the news, you pay attention, there's more cases every day. There's more cases every hour, probably just about every minute or so. There's new developments, new things happening. Things are constantly being adjusted. We're having to figure, okay, what can I do this week that was different than last week? What can I not do today that I was able to do yesterday? And so many things are changing and evolving. We're all having to kind of take on new roles and figure out how to do new things that we didn't have to do before. The whole homeschooling thing is crazy. Homeschool parents, I have so much respect for you. I didn't realize how tough your job was before, but now I have an idea. 
obviously there's way more serious things and tragic things going on than the things that I just mentioned. I know that there's actually people that are dealing with the fact that they've lost loved ones. Um, they've lost people that are close to them or they have people close to them that are battling for their lives right now. People are out there and they are sick right now. People really are struggling to figure out what they're going to do as far as money goes. A lot of people are out of work right now. Um, there's the uncertainty of, am I going to get my job back? The uncertainty of, am I going to be able to cover my rent this month or at the beginning of next month or whatever? The uncertainty of, am I going to be able to keep putting food on the table? Am I going to be able to find the essential things that I need? Not just toilet paper, but the essential things that everybody needs. Like I get it. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of stuff going on. If you're dealing with fear, if you're dealing with that struggle or anything like that, I'd like to invite you to check out last week's episode because I dealt specifically with the subject of fear and breaking that cycle and that that spirit of fear that so many people do come under. If we're not careful, we can fall into those things and allow our minds and our thoughts to be consumed with that. But what I want to talk about today is something so practical, so important that you and I can do on a daily basis, if you want to, it's completely up to you how often, but I want to talk to you about the power of communion, or some people call it the Lord's Supper or the Lord's Table or something like that. Jesus met with his disciples leading up to when he would be uh, crucified, basically on the night of his betrayal. He met with his disciples. They gathered together to eat the Passover meal together. You can see it in all of the Gospels. You can see it in Luke chapter 22, in Mark chapter 14, in Matthew chapter 26. Paul talks about the institution of the Lord's Supper. He talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting around verse 23 and going forward as well. So Jesus gathered together with his disciples. He breaks bread and he distributes it and he tells them, this is my body, which is given for you. He passes around a cup and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Now we know that the, that the covenant is established in the blood of Jesus. It's just something that Jesus began to institute right before his death, saying, do this in remembrance of me. Communion is something that we do as an act of remembrance. It's always an act of worship. It's an act of intimacy with God. It's an opportunity to experience his presence, but it's also an opportunity to experience his power operating in our lives. When Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he passed it and he said, this is my body given for you. I love that phrase. You'll find that phrase in Luke's account. This is my body given for you. And by the way, let me just say this. You don't have to wait until you go to church and there's a pastor there or a minister there leading the communion thing or the Lord's Supper thing. You don't have to wait for that. This is something that you can do on your own, in your home. It's something that I recommend doing with my family. By the way, I was inspired to focus on this in this week's podcast episode by my senior pastor, my mentor, my spiritual father, Dr. Bennett Smith. This is something that he's been doing with us, with the pastors and with the church, with our church family, and uh, something that we're doing with our families as well, just getting, gathering together, having communion. And I'm going to tell you why in just a minute, but I just want you to know this is not something that you have to, you don't need a pastor to do this. You can do this on your own. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you 
You're a child of God. You have direct access into his presence. He did this for you. He gave his life for you. He gave his body. He gave his blood. He shed it in in your place for you. Jesus said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. I know typically a lot of churches like it's the set, you know, program of things to have communion on the first Sunday of the month or the last Sunday of the month. Or I know churches, I've been to part of churches where they do it every single week. Whatever it is, I mean, that that's all that's all fine. It's absolutely fine. But communion is also something that you can do on your own in your home, whether it's by yourself or with your family or whatever. You can do it as often as you want. You can do it every single day if you want. I don't personally do it every day, but I go through seasons where I do it every day or or I go through seasons where I, I do it regularly. I do it often because of something, maybe I'm believing God for breakthrough or something like that. But let me kind of get into the the benefits of partaking of communion or partaking of the Lord's Supper. Jesus gave himself, he gave his body in our place. He said, this is my body and it's given for you. In Isaiah 53, it talks about Jesus' sacrifice as a prophetic, uh, as a, a prophetic uh, declaration of Jesus coming and giving his life in our place. It says, by his stripes, we are healed. His body was, was, was whipped. He was beaten beyond recognition. He was literally beaten to a bloody pulp for you, for me. And in that, he secured our absolute healing and wholeness. In other words, his body was torn apart so that we could be whole and experience wholeness and health in our bodies. That's what Jesus came to secure for us. And so right now, it's not just healing. He came to give us healing, but he also came to give us divine health. One of the names for God is Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord, our healer. But in that passage of scripture where God revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha, it's in Exodus chapter 15. He was like, I will not put any of these diseases on you because I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. He is able to keep us in divine health. And so what you don't need to do right now is walk around living in fear of what's going to happen if the coronavirus gets me. What's going to happen if this gets me? What's going to happen? Like you don't need to walk around in that fear. I'm not saying don't take precautions. I'm not saying don't listen to the authorities. We're taking precautions. We're listening to the authorities. We're washing our hands. We're using hands. We're doing all the kind of stuff that they're recommending to do because that's just good wisdom. It's not just about us. It's about other people as well. So we do take precautions. We're not out there just doing stupid things, but at the same time, we're not doing it in fear. We need to guard our hearts against fear because we need to recognize that we have a, we serve a God. We have a God living inside of us who is well able to protect us, to keep us in divine health and to bring healing into our bodies when there is a health related issue. And it's all been secured for us. It's one of the things that's promised to us in this covenant that we have with God. His body was given for us in our place. He gave everything over for us. He held nothing back. And so it becomes this thing for me as a response to say, God, what's going on in my life that I haven't surrendered to you yet? And it just becomes this prompting to allow the Holy Spirit to point out anything to me that where I need the grace of God to flow more freely in my life. He gave it all. He held nothing back. He came to save us, and one of the things we need to understand, this salvation, the word salvation, it doesn't just mean that we get free from sin and get to go to heaven. The word itself includes health, 
It includes wealth. It includes security. It includes general well-being. And there's one more, prosperity. It includes all of those things. Jesus rescued us from absolute destruction when he gave his life on that cross in our place. So he gave his body for us. He secures our freedom. He secures our peace. The, that same passage in Isaiah 53, the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Peace, that's another word, the word shalom, that basically means the same thing as what salvation means. It means wealth, it means health, it means prosperity, it means general well-being, it means security, it means all that. God gave up the life of his son in order to secure all of that for us. It becomes a promise that we can stand on because it's not just these empty words. It's a covenant that God made with us. He's a covenant-keeping God, and we live in, we stand in this covenant of grace. and. He took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. He shed his blood in our place. His blood saves us from our sins. His blood covers us, it cleanses us. And we, we stand now in a place of righteousness before God. We don't stand as sinners on the outside trying to be good enough, trying to be, you know, do enough things and say enough right things and all that kind of stuff to be accepted, to be acceptable before God. We stand in a place of righteousness and we stand in victory. We stand as sons and daughters of God because we've been born again, born from above. We're not born according to a sinful nature, but we've been born literally. John chapter one says that we've been born of God. So we are children of the most high God. He lives inside of us and he's opened this door to us and given us access into his presence. Now, I just want to relate this back to one thing, because when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, they were gathered together to eat the Passover meal. And if you understand Passover, you can look, you can go back to it in Exodus chapter 12. Passover, the way that it started was God protecting his people, the people of Israel who were living as slaves in Egypt. This was in the time when Moses came to set them free and Pharaoh wouldn't listen or he kept saying, yeah, you can go. And then he'd go back on his word. And it was this season where there was 10 plagues and God showed himself strong and he showed that the power of God was greater than the power of the Egyptian gods and all that kind of stuff. And when it comes to the 10th plague, it's this death angel that was taking the life of all the firstborn of the land. And God instituted with his people, he instituted the Passover. And it was this thing where they could take a lamb, a pure and spotless lamb without blemish, which is symbolic of Jesus dying in our place. But this, this uh, pure and spotless lamb, they could take it. They, had to, they were given very specific instructions how to cook it. They had to, bla- to drain the blood completely from this lamb. They used the blood of the lamb. They wiped it over the top where the the Bible calls it the lintel of their door and on the doorposts on the side. And that blood from this pure spotless lamb was the sign that these people were under the covering of Father God and the death angel, the plague. It didn't come to them, but it passed over them. That's why they called it the Passover. And so they prepared this meal and they ate it together. They, They ate it in their home knowing that they were going to be safe and secure because they were covered by the blood. 
This is symbolic of what we see in the New Testament, finalized in the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that Jesus became this pure and spotless lamb for us. It was good enough once and for all time. He gave his life in my place, in your place. He laid it all down for us. He died on the cross to save us of our sins. And in this, when we come into that, when we come into this covenant with God by giving our lives to Jesus Christ, we recognize that we're covered by the blood of Jesus, that we have the protection of God. We have the, the, the grace of God working in our lives. We're part of a family of God. We are living in this covenant of grace that is solidified in the blood of Jesus Christ. It means that we're protected. It means that we're covered. Again, it doesn't mean that we just go and just do stupid things for no reason, but we recognize that we are covered by the blood of Jesus. And so communion becomes such an awesome, awesome reminder of that. And so watch this. We take communion in remembrance of Jesus Christ. Now, it doesn't matter if you have crackers or bread. I know bread is hard to find right now. Um, I happen to have these oyster crackers because my kids eat them. It doesn't matter if you don't have any kind of bread whatsoever. Substitute something in its place. Just something that you could chew up and swallow. Just substitute it with something. I happen to have grape juice. But if you don't have grape juice, you can use something else. It doesn't matter. You can use Sprite. You can use water. Water, just some kind of liquid that is allowed to that you're allowed to drink. <laughs> the point is that we're, we just need to find something to symbolize his body and his blood. And again, this is something that you can do at your uh, on your own or with your family as often as we want to. And the power of it is that we remember what he did for us. It becomes a point of remembrance. It becomes a point of remembering the covenant that we have with God that he made with us, that he started it. He, he brought it to us when he came down from heaven to earth and clothed himself in sinful, in the likeness, excuse me, of sinful flesh. He gave his life in our place. He shed his blood in our place. He gave his body for us. He gave everything. He held nothing back. And then again, we just, we take the cup and give thanks for his blood that he shed in our place. Jesus, by shedding his blood in our place, he brought us near to his father. He brought us into the presence of God. So whatever you need right now, whatever it is that you're looking for, however you're feeling, if you're feeling depressed, you're feeling lonely because you can't get out of the house, you're tired of social media, you're tired of listening to the news, if you're actually, if you're feeling sick in your body, if you have sickness in your body, if your immune system is low, compromised for whatever reason, if people that you know in your family are, are dealing with illness in their body or something like that, if you're dealing with fear, I don't know if I mentioned that one already or not, whatever it is, just give it to him. Remembering that we stand in the promises of God. Father, I thank you for the blood of your son. I thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood on that cross in my place. You did it all for me. You held nothing back. Thank you for this covenant that I have with you in your blood. And I thank you for your blood that completely washes me, cleanses me of all sin, all in righteousness, and that you have brought me into a place where I am righteous because I've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I thank you now for the victory in Jesus' name. There's this awesome, awesome verse that we've just been declaring, we've been living on, we've been feeding from it. Psalm 91, the whole passage is incredible, but right around verse 10, it says, No plague shall come near my dwelling. No plague shall come near my dwelling. There is no plague of coronavirus or COVID-19 or whatever it is. There is no mutated 
flu, virus, whatever. There's nothing that that's going to come near my dwelling, my physical dwelling as in my house, but also this dwelling because I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have a right to stand on the word of God, to declare his promises, to confess the word of God over your life, confess his promises, remember his promises, use communion. I'm just encouraging you, use communion as a reminder today all throughout the week. Use it as a reminder. Remember what he did for you. Remember how great he is, how big he is, how awesome he is, how incredible he is. Remember that his work on the cross was finished and it was good enough to secure your absolute freedom, your absolute peace, your health, your healing, your wellness, your general well-being, your security, all of it. What he did was enough to secure it all for you. So love you guys so much. Thanks again for being here. Have an awesome week. Have a blessed week. And if you haven't subscribed, make sure that you go ahead and click that subscribe button. Have a good one.